My name is Tom Hogan, and I made a theatre show with my friend Bonnie Lee Dodds, all about love songs and the radio host Richard Mercer. The problem is, uh, the show is over. And for a podcast called Missing Richard Mercer, we're no longer missing Richard Mercer. So, this is the final episode, an epilogue. This whole thing started with one simple question. Where is Richard Mercer? And it turns out there's a simple answer. Okay, so there are some problems. We're missing some documentation, but this is an epilogue, so maybe it doesn't matter so much. The epilogue is more like um, aqua golf, because the real game is over now, right? And so it's just time to smack around a ball in the afternoon sun and into a lake. So let's recap. Bonnie and I went looking for Richard Mercer. We eventually found him, and he said no. And we accepted this answer, just as we promised, and we made the show. The show was awesome, by the way. We went around Sydney to promote the theatre show, and there was this one day in particular where we were promoting on ABC Radio with James Valentine on ABC Afternoons. We don't have the audio of this, which is a shame. It's because the thing about being on air yourself is that it's hard to record it and the archive wasn't up long enough for me to illegally download it and put it on the podcast. But here's what happened. It became pretty obvious that the ABC intended to do a bit of a send-up of love song dedications, something a bit funny. And suddenly I found myself on the ABC taking love song requests and dedications from random callers around Sydney, and I got to, um, I actually got to Mercer people, that is, Mercer as a verb. Very quickly... James Valentine discovered that I wasn't actually there making fun of Richard Mercer at all. In fact, I was kind of defending his honour and the whole sincerity of the whole project. What was supposed to be a short interview became about 45 minutes of discussing love songs and dedications. It was nice. And at the end of the day, a long and exhausting day, I received an email from one Richard Mercer, the actual Richard Mercer. And here's the opening paragraph. A friend alerted me to the fact that you were on with James Valentine today, so I heard at least part of you guys together, and I just wanted to thank you for being so respectful of the show that I was proud to be a part of. The way you handled discussing love song dedications made it quite apparent. You really got it. You fully understood where I sat with it all. I then went on to listen to your podcasts. You're a brilliant man, Tom Hogan. Don't spend too much of your valuable talent looking back. You appear to have much to offer people. I found your voice and manner of presenting just delightful. You are warm and smart. <laughs> That's so cute. I, I read it in full like two days ago. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just, uh, I don't know, do you remember what it felt like getting that email or whatever when we read it? Oh, you're recording, you're recording now? Yeah. yeah like, like this is. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, this is it. Okay. It was so good. We'd had such a rubbish day and it was like this little beacon of light at the end of, of the day. And it was felt actually like a huge weight off my shoulder, but I didn't know it was necessarily there where I really actually desperately, as it turns out, crave Richard Burst's approval, <laughs> which, is, which is a weird thing uh, to realize in retrospect.
Um, I think as well what really got me was how um, how like he, uh, I don't know how to word it. It's kind of like he kind of got almost um, apologetic for a moment, which he absolutely didn't need to. And then it felt like we were being apologetic to him by reaching out. So we were all being extraordinarily like pleasant to each other, being like terribly sorry to take to take your time, and him being like terribly sorry to fob you off. <laughs> and then it's just like we were all sort of politely. Um, you know, curtsying to each other. <laughs> uh, um, I don't know. It changed everything. It changed the mood going into the show as well, don't you think? Oh, totally. Like, um, you're right. It kind of validated a lot of stuff um, or just kind of made us feel like we weren't um, doing anything wrong, I guess. Or, I don't know. Yeah. Like, it kind well, of legit- just... legitimized it. Or, like, gave us gave us just a blessing to sort of keep going and just go nuts. <laughs> yeah. And... <laughs> And thus we went. Um, I also just really was relieved that he had an opportunity to kind of um, actually get what we were doing. And I think um, it's so hard to get across in an email while you approach him initially to be like, can you lend us your voice? And he's probably had a dozen people do that. And he's just kind of like over it. And he's used to maybe people taking the piss of it. Um, And it was really important as it turns out, um, for him to know that that's not what we were doing. Um, and so to read the email where he was like, I've not only listened to you on the radio, I've then gone away and listened to potentially six hours straight um, of your voice um, means that I think he would think fondly of us, which is really <laughs> nice. <laughs> I hope. Uh, the email was full of some amazing stuff and specifically answered a lot of questions we had about Richard and his career. I had a keen desire to host a radio show that made a positive difference to people. A show that wouldn't judge people based on how they ought to behave and think. Just a show that I would offer listeners and callers the opportunity to talk freely about the way they viewed life. I wanted to host a show based on unconditional love. It's as simple as that. I wasn't thinking romance necessarily. However, once the opportunity to host Love and Dedications came along, I was in. There were other things too. Things that were in front of us the whole time, which seemed quite, I don't know, profound now. Do you remember the final dedication? I'm going to leave you tonight, though, with one last dedication. And this is very special for me because my lady, Sharon... The lady I love sent this in. My dear Richard, I thought that I'd send this to you because I thought that after all these years of you giving out other people's dedications, that you more than anyone deserve one. The thing is, it's hard to pick a song for you, Richard, because you are every song. You are music to me. That dedication from Sharon, read out by Richard, has it all. It's the kind of dedication that seems funny at first. It's quite genuinely sweet. Look, I think, to be honest, there were Easter eggs in there that I didn't know were in there until after we've received um, communication from him and then some, you know. Like, the more we hear from him, um, the more of his life philosophy and the way he approaches work and the way he approached the show 
really makes sense. And actually, it's entirely in that one dedication from Sharon. And it was there the whole time. And we just didn't, you know, we didn't look to that in that way. And we should have, because as it turns out, what was our absolute starting point for the show a year ago when we heard that thing, we were like, let's make let's make a, a, a theatre show that starts with this dedication in its entirety. <laughs> and we actually had we had the answer for the entire time. All the questions that we had about him throughout like throughout the podcast I, I just answered in there. Um and it's like, like yeah. we just we just it's because we just found it so like delightfully funny. We just didn't realise how like revealing it was at the same time. And so it's it's just like it's just not even funny anymore. Now it's just like huh. That's really nice. Like, I'm sure that they would still laugh if they heard it. Like, it's in the kind of way that reading an old love letter or something like that, you'd be like, oh, oh, it's... Oh. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's a little revealing and you're kind of... I feel like you're always, with things like that, in retrospect, you're always hit with a slight level of um, cringe. And I think the whole, you know, a question you and I have been constantly asking, um, which is around sincerity um, and that comes up not just in the songs themselves and not just in our intentions but also we've asked um, you know about Richard Mercer's sincerity and whether he was really genuine on his show and like we never needed to have asked those questions because Sharon straight away was like Richard you're the most sincere greatest person I know (laughs) (laughs) we should have just listened to, to Sharon because his email back to us goes on just it just talks about you know, like exactly that, how much it means to him and that radio show was was not a spoof for him. It was really genuine and really he just wanted a pocket of love every weeknight. Oh, that sounds... <laughs> <laughs> just a pocket of love. So we all just want a pocket of love every weeknight, you know? So we've heard it probably, I don't know, 200 times since then. And it's actually quite revealing. The things that made us laugh the most at the time are just giving us things to think about. My favourite bit is this moment. Remember when we first met and I told you that my philosophy is that you have to decide what kind of person you want to be and then you just have to keep working towards it. Well, you're helping me become that person. Richard, you're a 10. But now I see this is absolute proof that Richard Mercer, on air, was genuine. What this tells me is that Richard wanted to host a show based on unconditional love. He wanted to make a difference in the world, yes, but he also wanted to make a difference to himself. He wanted to be someone who listened and didn't judge. He wanted to talk to people through good times and hard times and just let them express themselves. And this show let him do that for three hours every weeknight for almost 17 years. He got to put on a persona that was the ideal person, or at least the ideal version of him who he wanted to be. And maybe that starts off somewhere that isn't totally genuine. After all, you're putting on a character, just like an actor in a play, or a singer who is singing someone else's song. But it was a character that he was working towards. And after that amount of time, of being that person on air, I think the message from Sharon is a sign that he really did become that person. Or at least, was more that person than when he started. And here, I should also tell you, we found Sharon as well. She got in contact with us to let us know that Richard, quote, listened to the podcast with a big smile on his face. So, uh, we wanted to find the love god, which we have discovered is a name that he didn't choose, nor did he ever refer to himself as that. 
That alone is a sign that he doesn't want to be glorified. Bonnie and I kept talking about how even though he's prolific, he's still just an ordinary guy. And can you imagine being an ordinary guy then suddenly having a podcast about trying to find you? Can you imagine then listening to that podcast where the host visits your old cafe or finds your house on Google Earth or puts on a theatre show and then goes on the ABC and does your job for a bit? It would be surreal, but funny, but weird, and we're really happy that he didn't yell at us. So, um, well, there isn't much more to say. Well, there are three things to say. Number one, Bonnie and I are putting on the show again, but this time in Melbourne from September 22nd to the 29th as part of Melbourne Fringe. That is Love Song Dedications Without Richard Mercer. Residents of Victoria, we're coming for you. All the info is going to be on missingrichardmercer.com. Number two, thank you to everyone who helped on this podcast. That's all the special guests and everyone who got in touch and everyone who helped piece this together. And thanks for everyone for coming to see the show. Finally... After years of giving out other people's dedications, and then years without any, living in private, and then suddenly we drag your name back to the limelight against your will, of all people, here is a dedication to you, Richard Mercer. And we needed to find a song about you leaving. So, it's a breakup song. But it's a song about how at that moment, when you say goodbye, the world doesn't end. It doesn't even rain. It's about going your separate ways and then living your life. And how that's just a thing that happens, that most people are just doing the best they can given the circumstances in their life at that time. I should also mention it's a song that this singer is most well known for. The song came out 26 years ago and since then she's had several albums. But people keep asking her about this song. She's done plenty of great stuff since then. So, I mean, this song came out in 1992. I think there's some poetry in that, or at least I thought it'd be nice to do a song about not dwelling too much on the past and looking forward. So, thanks Richard. You're a ten. And I'll see you soon. Hey, does it ever make you wonder what's on my mind? I, I was only ever running back to your side. I never cried I just watched my life go by It's just a waste of time Cause you're leaving me behind Hey, there's not a cloud in the sky It's as blue as your goodbye And I thought that it would rain on a day like today Hey, there's not a cloud in sight It's as blue as your blue goodbye And I thought that it would rain The day you went
I'm just rinsing out um, a tuna can. Hold on. <laughs> okay, please continue. Okay. Missing Richard Mercer was produced by me, Tom Hogan. And I don't know exactly what title to give Bonnie Lee Dodds for the podcast, but in short, well, I couldn't have done it without her. So... Executive producer? Sure. (laughs) (laughs) Um, As long as you say executive producer slash all-round babe. Yeah, executive producer slash all-round babe. All right, that's in there. Um, That's at request of the executive producer. Can't say no. Right. Come and see both of us live in Melbourne, September 22nd to the 29th, performing love song dedications without Richard Mercer. And of course, we need to thank Richard Mercer for all the good times. Visit missingrichardmercer.com for more information. And thank you for listening. Hello? Hello, yes, who was that? Uh, this is Tom Hogan. Um, did I call you on the weekend and leave a message? Yeah, well, you did call, but there was no message left. Oh, oh okay, sure. Sorry, I was looking for um, uh, Richard Mercer, but I think... Raymond Mercer is my name, Raymond. Raymond Mercer. Okay, sure. Yes, yes. Sorry about that. Um, can, I, can I also just ask one teeny tiny favor? Um, yes. I'm, uh, because this is for like a research project, I need your permission to use this phone call in the results. Is that okay? No, no, don't use mine, Mike, because I'm going to India now. Sure, no, that's fine. But can I, can I, just, can I just prove this recording? Can I, just, can I use the recording? I'll be going away to India for, for a short haul. I, yeah, won't be able, be able, uh, I won't be available. Oh, no, no, you don't have to do anything. You just say yes now, and then I'll, you'll never hear from me again, I promise. <laughs> It's fine. Like you now, you know, I have to go on a very urgent business. We've already done it. Yeah. Just this yeah. is it. I can't go. Can... Yeah, it's all done. Yeah, now. I'll see you again, mate. I, I, I'll see you again. Bye. Okay, thanks, Raymond. Bye.